Trust is important everywhere and anywhere and in every relationship, personal and professional. But still, I'll admit that most questions and requests that I get about trust are in the organizational setting. Most of the keynotes, most of the workshops that I delivered were to organizations, mainly companies, worried about the low levels of trust that they experience. Trust is needed in every organization, but it is needed in multiple places and for multiple reasons. Much research was done about the benefits of high trust to the organization, whether to the employees, teams within the company, or the company outcomes. But that trust is needed everywhere in the organization and not just in one relationship. This episode addresses all the areas in the organization where trust is needed and why it is important in each one. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of the Book of Trust and facilitator of the Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? There is no priority to the different areas in the organization where trust is needed. I'll start with trust within teams. And and I'm not going to cover the statistics and the numbers because I've done that in in previous episodes. Uh, So we'll just say that trust is important in each one of them. I'll talk about why. Within a team, trust is important because it directly affects your ability and willingness to hold a constructive disagreement. That willingness uh, is based on your willingness to be vulnerable with one another, ask stupid questions, suggest stupid ideas, and not worry about what another member of the team is going to do with that or what they're going to tell others outside of the team. Uh, It's your ability and willingness to give feedback and and your receptivity to that kind of, of feedback. And those heavily depend on the level of trust that already exists within the team. Now, the outcome of this ability to hold a constructive disagreement directly impacts the creativity and the productivity of every member of this team and of this team as a whole. And and one of the things that I like to say is that trust is what turns a group of creative, productive, innovative individuals into a creative, productive, and innovative team. So trust is important. Generally, within a team, trust needs to be symmetrical. So every person in the team kind of needs to trust the others at, at, I would say, similar levels. There there is no value in, in trusting members more than trusting other members because the presence of members within the team and the level of trust that you have in them is what dictates the the overall level of trust within the team. And I like to think of the overall level of trust within the team as limited by the level of trust in each, or or I should say, in the least trusted member of the team. And and this is kind of the bad apple phenomenon um, that was discussed in research as well. Uh, you, You bring in just one 
member of the team that or one typically it's the new member that the other members of the team don't trust them and because they don't trust this new member their willingness to be vulnerable with the rest diminishes the moment that new member comes in or or a member that they don't trust so and this is why my conclusion is that the overall level of trust within a team is limited by the level of trust in the least trusted member of that team. So that's why trust is important within teams. It it directly affects your ability to hold a constructive disagreement, not a destructive one where everything becomes personal and emotional and irrational and, you know, totally unproductive, Not the politically correct one where, you know, you have the meeting before the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, just not the meeting during the meeting and where things get closed outside of the meeting room. The constructive disagreement where all members are there and they can argue passionately and professionally and nothing becomes personal or or emotional or irrational. That's when magic happens within teams and trust affects that directly. Trust is required between different levels, hierarchical levels in the organization. But this time, you're going to see that it's less symmetrical. uh, Because, you know, the different people at different hierarchical levels in the organizations are in different settings. So let's talk about down. When higher levels in the organization, whether it's a manager, a leader, or, or, you know, the board of directors, looking down... If they trust the people underneath them, they will give them autonomy. And autonomy is something that that not only I found, but others have found before me, directly impacts creativity and productivity in in that level. When the higher-ups don't trust those below them or the team below them, they will not give them autonomy. They will micromanage them. And as a result, those employees would want to leave. Those employees will definitely not be creative and productive and definitely uh, not be accountable to, to what they do because what's the point? What Instead, what they're going to do is demonstrate a CYA a- uh, attitude. I'll, I'll do exactly what you tell me to. But trust between different levels of the organization is also important in the other direction, going up. So when I trust my leader, when I trust my manager, when I trust the level above me, and here I'm trusting them that they will let me try things and and not make it painful if I fail, then I would be willing to try things. I would be willing to fail as long as I do that for the purpose of advancing the organization, of doing good for the organization, of caring about the organization. And that, my friends, is called accountability. I will be accountable if I trust that the people above me would let me. As opposed, because being accountable, you know, being accountable for success is easy. Everybody's willing to uh, be accountable for success. There is a saying in Hebrew, and I don't know if there is a parallel saying in English. Maybe it came originally from English. That says that uh, success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. So 
being accountable for success is easy. I don't need to trust anybody to be accountable, to take credit for success. It's taking credit, or maybe debit, for failure that makes us accountable. But in order to do that, I need to trust the level above me that this is not the end of the world. Because if it is, once again, I'm not going to be accountable. I'm going to do CYA. I'm going to do exactly what I'm told to the letter. And if this fails, ain't my fault. It's their fault. So that's why trust is important between different levels of the organization going up. And I already talked about going down. And this is where you see that it's actually asymmetrical, although both are needed. Trust is required between different functional or business silos. And that I have to admit to you in many times when I was asked to come into an organization and talk about trust or do workshops on trust, the number one thing that came up well, often leadership doesn't trust us uh, came up, but uh, in many times, many cases, it was functional or organizational silos. And, you know, this is an important topic that I haven't talked about much in the past. So I, I think that either the next week, next week's episode or, or one of the, the next episodes after that, I will talk about silos, trust in organizational silos. But if you think about that, let's talk about a, you know, a technology company. I spent a big part of my life in technology companies. There is an engineering department. Then there is a marketing and sales department and actually marketing separate than, than sales. The engineers, they don't trust salespeople. The salespeople don't trust engineers. And, and I'll explain why when, when I explain the, the different behaviors and it comes down to several things, one of which is personality compatibility. Typically, different types of people go to those different um, organizations. But, you know, not not today. I, I won't talk about that today. So, engineers believe that they're going to be building one thing and that certain features are important, whereas the marketing department or the sales department are promoting other features of the product. And they often get into those arguments. And that's not productive for the company. Uh, sometimes those arguments actually get outside of the company and people outside of the company know that they're going to get different answers from different groups in the company. That's definitely not healthy for the company. So trust needs to exist between different functional and business silos. It is going to be asymmetrical, but it is needed. And once again, I'm not going to talk too much about it now because I want to dedicate a whole episode for that. Trust is required between the company and its customers, which I'm sure is not going to be very surprising, although maybe the fact that I'll tell you that it's required in both directions might be a little surprising. And, and I did record an episode about being a trusted customer, why it's important to be a trusted customer uh, previously. I, I'm not sure if it was in this season seven or, or before. And, and I'll just mention the top one. So, you know, coming in, again, this is asymmetrical. Coming in, customers trusting the company. Customers buy from companies or brand or salespeople that they trust. 
Now, in, in one of my surveys, what I found, and, and I'm sure that it's not going to be surprising to you, is that when there are two options, let's say everything else being equal, including the price and the terms and all, customers will buy from the company or the brand or the salesperson they trust, period. Now, every time I bring this up, somebody says, well, it depends on other things. I just said everything else being equal, exactly the same product you're going to buy from. And assuming that you can assess and evaluate the trustworthiness of your two alternatives, 100% of the time you're going to buy from the one that you trust. By the way, in one of my surveys, I also found that uh, you're willing to pay a 10% premium and still be at 100% probability. So you can charge 10% higher price and still be at 100% probability of getting the business if you're trustworthy and you're selling against another company, another brand, another salesperson who's not trustworthy. It depends on other, before you say it, it depends on other uh, parameters. Uh, and, and I'm not going to go into details because I talked about that in the past. Uh, in fact, what I found was that breaking even, so like when you get to the point where your customer is really kind of 50-50 torn between you, the trustworthy salesperson or company or brand, and the other one, the untrustworthy one, the break-even point, the, the uh, equilibrium point, we can call it, is when you are going to charge 29%, 29.6% higher price, almost 30% higher price. By the way, if your customers trust you, that's when you get loyalty. And loyalty just feeds that trust. It, it just It's a cycle. They're loyal. They're going to buy more from you because they buy more from you and they have the same consistent positive experience with you. They're going to trust you more and they're going to be more loyal. So it's a cycle. That's coming in. That's pretty obvious. The one that's not very obvious with the customers is that the customers need to be trusted by you. And, and again, I'll talk more about that in, in the next segment when I talk about um, your relationship with suppliers. But if you don't trust the customers, when supply is limited you're going to deprioritize the customers you don't trust. When you don't trust them, and what is it that you don't trust them with? There, there are a bunch of things, and again, I talked about that in a previous episode, but one of them is, for example, that they pay on time, and they don't give you hard time. You don't need to chase them to get paid. And if you do, then you don't trust them. If you don't trust them, you're going to treat them differently than customers that, that you do trust. You're going to give them worse terms. You know, um, if if you if you know that they're not going to pay on time and there there is really a cost to you for not being paid on time maybe you have to take loans maybe you don't get to get interest on money that's put aside as much you're going to just charge it to them so they they lose by not being trusted by you so again need to have trust with the customers in both directions it's asymmetrical but it needs to exist in both directions And on the other side of the value chain, the relationship with the suppliers. Once again, an asymmetrical relationship. It's exactly the opposite of what I just said about the customers. Because in your relationship with your suppliers, this is where you are the customer and they're, they're what you were in the relationship with your customers. Going in, 
So this is when the suppliers trust you. Once again, you get better terms. You get better support from them. You get better, overall, better treated by them. And when supplies are low, which happens every now and then, you're going to be prioritized by them because they trust you. Opposite direction, now you're the customer. Well, you still are the customer and they're the supplier, but this time it's about you trusting them. They get your business. You know, if you have alternatives, it's kind of hard when you don't have alternatives, when there's only one supplier that supplies something and you have to buy from them. And sometimes when there is that exclusivity, uh, uniqueness, this type of relationship, the supplier might leverage it, might decide that they don't need to be trusted by you. But the thing thing is that these things can come back. So even if you're the only supplier, even if they're the only supplier, they should treat you equally. But once again, uh, when we're talking about the relationship going out, this is you trusting them as a supplier. This is why they get the business. You might be willing to pay a premium. You will be a loyal customer to them. So trust is important in the relationship with your suppliers as well. It's asymmetrical, but it's required in both directions. Let's think about the relationships with partners. So partners are not suppliers. Partners are not customers. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I hate it when companies, suppliers that want to offer me things, talk to me about partnering with me. It's like, this is not partnership. Partnership is something else. When you're going to offer your services to me or your products to me, and in return for me paying you, that's not a partnership. Partnership is when we share the same customer, that we offer something to the same customer. And I remember back when I was in Texas Instruments, and this was 2003, that I built a relationship, a partnership relationship with another company that had something that complemented what Texas Instruments had, and we had something that complemented what they had. And together, it was kind of a one plus one equals three, because what we offered together was was really the, the whole product. Each one of us only had part of it. And, and then we would kind of put the responsibility on the customer to figure out how to put things together. So we worked out a partnership and the partnership was based on trust. You know, one, one great relationship would be like, uh, think Intel, the company that makes processors for, for computers, PCs and, and laptops. Uh, and they even do that for Apple. Max and Microsoft that write software. It's a it's a partnership. Neither one of them is buying directly from the other, but their products really need to work well together to offer something of value to the customer, and they kind of depend depend on each other. So it's uh, it, it's a mutually beneficial relationship where you rely on them to do their part well while they rely on you to do your part well, because that, that's the only way it gets to a one plus one equals three. You can both lose if either one of you does not live up to your commitments. So there has to be a level of trust where you trust your partner 
to do their part and they trust you to do your part so that you'll deliver the whole thing to a customer as as a partnership. So this relationship is a lot more symmetrical in nature. And, And when I say symmetrical, it's not that you have to have the same level of trust in both directions. It's just that it's the same type of trust. Because, for example, when we're talking about vertically, hierarchically within an organization, it's not the same type of trust that a leader has in followers and followers having leaders. It's different types. Here with partners, it's typically the same type. So you need to have trust with partners. You know, I only covered a few of the relationships that require trust within and outside around the company. So I'll just summarize the ones that I covered within teams, between different levels in the organization. So kind of vertical compared to within teams would be horizontal. Uh, Between functional and business silos, that's again horizontal. With the customers, that's kind of downstream in the value chain. With the suppliers, upstream in the value chain. With partners, companies that are, are parallel to you. Those are the ones that I covered in this episode, but but you need trust in the organizational setting with, with other entities outside of the company, um, such as the investors, whether you're a private or a public company, different types of investors. In private company, you typically know the investors. They typically sit on your board or or are represented on your board. In a public company, the those uh, investors are people like you and me that buy in the stock market. They still need to trust the company, and the company may need to trust them in how they treat their investments. Uh, Distributors, if if you're not selling directly to customers, there has to be some level of trust between you and the distributors, maybe you and the retailers. There are a lot of other entities where trust needs to exist. The thing is to keep in mind that every relationship must be treated differently. I mean, being trusted in one relationship does not mean that you're going to be trusted by another relationship. Heck, being trusted by one person does not mean that you're going to be trusted by another person because remember that trust is relative and the same behavior that would cause one person to trust you could cause another person to distrust you. Those relationships are different. They're based on different things. So it's important to know that when you say I want to build trust in my company. The next thing that you need to think about are all the different areas where you need to build trust within and outside of the company and all around it. The good thing is, it really is everything that applies to one relationship applies to other relationships in terms of, let me be clear, in terms of it's the same eight laws of trust. You know, trust is transferable and and trust is relative and personal. Trust is asymmetrical. I already show you that even today. So the same eight eight laws of trust would apply to every relationship. They, They would just apply differently. The same six components of the relative trust model, you know, the three of who you are, the competence, personality, compatibility, and symmetry or fairness, and the three, what you do, the uh, positivity, the time, and intimacy, those six components still exist. They're applied differently. You are looked at differently, but through those six lenses, still the six lenses. 
And finally, the same seven-step trust habits process that allows you to form new habits and change behaviors applies to every relationship. If you need to change a behavior, you need to form a new habit. So there are many relationships within a company and outside of a company where you need to build trust. Same rules apply, same models apply, same processes apply. You just need to apply them. We are getting close to the end of season seven. This is episode 11. We have one more episode, episode 12 uh, next week. And uh, as usual, as uh, started uh, with season four, every season has 12 episodes. And then we're going to be taking one week off, a one week break. After that, when season eight comes back, and I'm going to say it again next week, the episodes will start being released Tuesday morning. So on your commute to work Tuesday morning, the episode will be ready for you. I will probably release it at uh, 6 a.m. So uh, starting 6 a.m., the episode is going to be uh, available. So uh, the first Sunday of uh, the first Sunday in January, the episode um, uh, one of season eight. If you're going to be waiting for it on Sunday, it's not going to be there on Sunday. It's going to be recorded, but not available yet. It will come out Tuesday at 6 a.m. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.